Hey guys, White Famous is a new Showtime original comedy series about trying to make it in Hollywood, starring SNL bet Jay Farrell as Floyd Mooney, a comedian whose career is about to blow up, but he's not sure he's ready for all that. Can he make it without losing his soul? White Famous is executive produced by Academy Award winner Jamie Foxx and the creative Californication Tom Capinos. And the show is based on Jamie Foxx's real life experiences and also stars Michael Rappaport, Jacob Ming Trent, Utkrash, Ambudkar, I hope I didn't mess up his name, and Lonnie Chavez. Uh, the two-episode series premieres this Sunday, October 15th at 10 p.m., only on Showtime. It's really, really funny, guys. It's really kind of the story of Jamie Foxx making it in Hollywood. And you can also watch the, the hilarious season premiere right now for free on YouTube. So just download the Showtime app now to start your free trial. That's White Famous. Welcome back to Black on the Air. This is Larry Wilmore, Black on the Air. Welcome. Been away for a while. Apologize, guys. Been real busy, but I have a really fun interview uh, today with uh, Michael Bennett, defensive end of the Seattle Seahawks. Michael's been on the front line of the whole Colin Kaepernick um, controversy. He's put himself out there, and he's been very eloquent about the issue, and um, it was really, really great talking to him. I'm here at the Omni Hotel, downtown L.A. They have a game against the Rams, and he was so kind to come in and talk with your boy. That means me. So anyhow, I think you're going to enjoy the conversation. We covered a lot of things, amazingly, including Valentine's Day. And I'll be back uh, later on in the week. I think we're going to do a couple of these podcasts uh, pretty quick because I know I've been, I've been away for a while. I apologize for that. And I'll, have, uh, I'll give you my take on some of these other issues of today. But today, I want you to enjoy my conversation with Mr. Michael Bennett of the Seattle Seahawks. Very excited. Mr. Michael Bennett of the Seattle Seahawks, which you guys, I don't know if you mentioned, is my team now, even though I'm from L.A. And I'll tell you why, Michael, the Rams left me. I didn't leave the Rams. That's true. And then they come back acting like I'm supposed to be with them, right? Yeah. I'm like, it's like a wife who left and then comes back <laughs> later and like, I'm here. Like, like no, See, you left. I got a new wife. Exactly. Thank you, Michael, for crystallizing. She's not my wife. I want the other wife. Exactly. Better. Right. So this could be a a a, a, poly, a polyamorous story, yeah. but uh, so I chose the Seahawks. This was like in 2013, and I did it on Facebook. I remember I said, "Look, I need a team. I'm I'm abandoned here. I'm an orphan. Yeah. I'm tired of not you having felt a alone. team." Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm tired. Of it. it was yeah. it was like abuse, and I said, "I'm leaning towards the Seahawks." But if you can make your case for a team, I'm happy to go with it. Yeah, this is the truth. And people tried to make their case, and I'm like. Sorry, Seahawks. Well, I mean, what team did they try to make you? Uh, well, Bears, because my family from from Chicago. Boo. Exactly. Man, they haven't been good since. Sweetness. Thank you. Right, since '85. Yeah. Right. Um, then they said uh, 49ers. I'm like, come on, man, that's in the same division, yeah. and they were foes. You know, I yeah. can't. It's too close. 49ers are too close. I know what they did to Colin. You know, so you move on. Well, that was yeah. coming. That was yeah. on its way. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so if I had that brother Spidey sense, yeah. I could have like, said that. No, no, they did. They did cat bass. Chargers. I'm like, stop it, man. Stop trying to push the Chargers on. Yeah, you can't push the Chargers. Orange County. Yeah, and that's why it likes Orange the County. There's no diversity there. That's like not going to last. Sorry, Chargers. Yeah. So I'm like Seahawks. They got, you know, Coach Carroll, USC. Dope uniform. I like the players. Defensive minded. Yeah. You know, strike fear in the hearts of yeah. men like the Raiders of old. You yeah, know, for real, for real. Exactly. 
and then you won the Super Bowl. I'm just trying to take credit at the beginning. Should, of I mean, I here. think it's all because of you. Sometimes you don't realize the outside forces that are exactly. making you win. I'm like, man, they live. conspired to have you guys win. If I'm in the Hall of Fame, it'd be like, uh, if you're still alive, I don't know if you'd be still alive by then. But wow. if you are alive, questioning my mortality at the beginning of the show. I want to thank, thank Larry. You very much. Be like, yes, I want to thank Larry. He was a great guy. All right, Michael Bennett, you are the star here. Um, how long have you been in the NFL now? Is it's, Nine uh, years? It's Seems been, like it was just yesterday. Time flies, right? It's, it's flying past. I got a living your daughter. I'm just like, this yeah. is flying by. And this is like, I love your story because, and football is like this more than any other sport. It really is like a wish fulfillment because football, you can leave at any time. Injury yeah. could take you out at any moment. That's true. Play The draft isn't like it is in basketball where it's like it's a star, like each numbered Shows how much of a star you were in college. Yeah, yeah. Football stars can be hidden in the third in the third round. So true. You never know where a star it's can like, come out. I of feel football. like football is like a like an American story. Like it's like you yeah. know, like you can be you can start as a, a janitor and end up owning a company. And I feel like right. football is like that. Like you can be like an undrafted Completely. guy and be a Hall of Famer, or you can be a first round guy whose family you started with in Dallas, exactly. and you blow it. And offensive linemen can change a team, yeah. and no one can know who he is even after he's changed the team. Yeah, <laughs> that's the amazing thing about football. You know, yeah, they're like Spanish people; nobody ever knows. That's hilarious. Are. But they do so much great work, <laughs> and people always want to get rid of the offensive linemen. I'm right. just like, they do all the work, like Spanish people. Like they do, they do exactly. great people. That's they how just, they do it. I know. That's their jam. Yeah. Right. Um, so that was your dream fulfilled. You know, being a football player. Bounced around a little bit, but landed back with the Seahawks where you yeah. started, right? I th- but honestly, I think I was a I was a football player by accident, really. I think really, I, how did that? Start? Like, I feel like I never really thought I would be in the NFL. Like, I wasn't a kid. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's the dream I want. Like, I looked back and we did like a little time capsule thing, mm-hmm. and I actually put the FBI or, or a chef, and I was like, really, that's far from the thing, you know. And then and that didn't end up happening. Uh, always like, always like. Wait, Harrison you wanted Ford. to be in either the FBI or a chef? Yeah, it was always, always like Harrison Ford and uh-huh. Denzel and Wesley Snipes. They was always the best cops, and right. they was always solving mysteries. And <laughs> I was just right. wanted to be something like that. You know, it's not too late for both of those things. You know, no, I don't right. want to work in the government anymore. Right. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. They don't pay second. very well either. But chefs, chefs are cool. Though. The only reason I always want to be a chef because right. I feel like. When you're a chef, you you understand food and you right. know it. You like pair it with this and eat it with this. And if you're gonna eat hamachi, right. you need to do it. Let's just like you get to enjoy food the way food is supposed to. You don't just eat a hamburger. Yeah, it's like no, this is wagyu beef, and you right. it's, been, it's grade A. It's been it came yeah. just from straight from Japan, and it's, they grinded it. So you get to under you get to understand food. And I love food, and I think right. food is one of those things that it. it, it Invites you into people's culture, so that's why I love food so oh, much. That's interesting, and, and you like the the uh, details of it. I love the details of it. Right. I love the the way it smells, how they prepare it, how they eat it, mm-hmm. why they eat it, and it's just like it's just a such a story. I love watching Anthony mm-hmm. Bourdain because he just tells a story through food. Traveling all around. Do you cook? Do you yeah, like, I cook at home and stuff too. Do you make things for friends and that kind of stuff? Yeah, we or? cook all the time. We have people over and just have a good. Do you time. have a favorite dish? I think my favorite my favorite thing to cook though is hamachi kama, like just the really? color of the. The yellowtail and it's just right. yeah, so it's really good to no, me. Hamachi is like it's so good. It's so good. I eat right. it raw, but I, I prefer I like, like it raw. Yeah, yeah, I like it raw too. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a uh, avocado, some cherry, jalapeno. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit of, a little bit of sea salt. Yeah, sea salt. Nice. You ever use that uh, that uh, pink sea salt? Of course. Very Let's nice. do. That's the good stuff. That's the good stuff. Yeah, yeah I couldn't get that till I got to NFL. <laughs> Before it was the black. It was the Morton salt, and I was right. like. <laughs> let, me this this cheap, let me get this cheap ghetto salt yeah, off yeah, of my This food, salt doesn't yeah. taste any good. Right. It's, it's, uh, sodium going up. 
That's hilarious. That's a, so, uh, so you've enjoyed a nice career uh, in the NFL, and this Colin Kaepernick thing comes up. When was that? Was it last year? It was like last year, yeah. Yeah, okay. So let's. I just want to review this because I don't know when people are listening to this or that type of thing for the uninitiated. So the first step was was what he was doing for himself at first, just oh. a silent. It seemed to me like he was just doing a silent thing for himself. I think, but I could be wrong about that. I think I think I think he was doing something for people. I think he spent a lot of time and uh-huh. started seeing things that were going on. And it's kind of one of those things where you. He w- he started to wake up about society, and he really couldn't hide right. behind the football anymore. And then it just yeah. started bothering him. And and you see that there's no people, you know, people were still mad about uh-huh. him bringing it up because people don't like to talk about those issues. Yeah. And he was bringing it back up. It's like, oh, I thought that's our dirty little secret. You know what I'm saying? It was like right. he was bringing it back to to the light. And I think when he started that protest, and it, it was started small, then it started mm-hmm. catching on. And, and was he sitting down at first during the National Anthem? He was going to sit down, then he ended up taking a knee after he talked to Nate Boyer, and he had talked to him yes. about taking a knee. He asked him if he would show some kind of respect, yeah. right? So taking a knee was actually his way of showing respect, but still protesting, yeah. right? It was kind of that intermediate intermediate. Right, and that's when it started getting attention, yeah. right? Didn't like just... I mean, yeah. it just caught fire. It just caught fire, but, you know, yeah. great great things always happen. Like, that. I was, I was reading... Um, Martin Luther King's uh, statements and his. I'm sorry, his, Martin Luther King. Jr. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> his essays and it's, he has just like a big book, book, and it's just about right. his books and his statement. And the, he was just talking about Rosa Parks, and mm-hmm. she never wanted. She just she was, was tired, and she was right. tired of things that were going on. And she sat down. It was never planned. It was never orchestrated yeah. by anybody. It was just her being in the moment. And I think for him, that was kind of like the same thing. He was just happened to be in a moment where people were looking for something right. to follow. And that's what happened. And, and the greatest things happen like that. It just happens yeah. organically. I, yeah, because I remember when Colin, when, I feel like when he got woke, that's when his braids turned into like, like an afro, like yeah, a yeah, fool. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like the afro pick was coming out of his helmet. Yeah, you it know, was. When he was like, he was like, man, Cap is woke these days, you know. Yeah, and I think, I, do you think it's because he was the quarterback of the team that he got more heat than if he was like just another player? Or it doesn't matter. I think it was. I think it's just about the timing, timing of the everything. Timing of it? I think it was just mm-hmm. literally like people, you know, they see a culture and they think that a culture. They talk about other places. They, well, we talk about we'll mm-hmm. talk about oh Africa or Haiti. They have so much racism or this is going mm-hmm. on. And finally, it's like you being a father and you out and you're like oh. Look what they're doing. And at home, you're not taking care of your kids. And it was kind right. of one of those things where, where he was bringing back uh, the issues that were pertaining to pre- predominantly yeah. minority communities. And I think those issues started to like make people look in the mirror and be like, well, they, they were super uncomfortable yeah. with their with the rhetoric because they were like, they never heard this. It's like there's some of the young people, the younger people weren't part of the narrative anymore. And now mm-hmm. they, their story was being told again. And I think yeah. that was the thing that were, was starting to bother people. And I think... The sports world, I mean, it's been a while since athletes have been in the forefront of the movement, literally mm-hmm. talking to Kareem and talking to John and, you know, and all those guys in the time. And was, it was just about timing and bringing people back together about mm-hmm. changing the world. And I think he started that movement again. It kind of got lost for a little bit because money started to play a big role in the success of people. And it mm-hmm. started to weigh on people's morality and the money started coming so much. And so, Because there's so much at stake, right? So much at stake. And mm-hmm. then it, it comes apart where you are part of a, a community and you feel... And you feel like because you're making money that the issues, yeah, they're happening. But look, mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a outlier, and I think, you know, just because you're an outlier doesn't mean that you shouldn't speak about the issues that are happening to people yeah. of color. It's interesting because choosing that form of protest divided people in a 
in many different ways than had it just been a protest, which would have just divided people on the issue. Yeah. You know, so because I felt it wasn't about the anthem itself. Yeah. I felt people disagree with this premise. I mentioned this yeah. before. I felt if he was dealing from breast cancer. Oh, he would have got, got a standing ovation. Oh, people would have rushed to the yeah, field but, and hugged him. You know, but said, it's, Do you mind if I cut your afro myself? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think they disagreed with why he was kneeling, why yeah. people were so angry about it and saw it as an affront to cops and linked that to the anthem. And that's why they started linking the anthem to the military. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I know you're from a military family, a military in my family. I always thought the national anthem was for all Americans. It's all Americans. I didn't think it represented one particular part of it. That was a new information for me. That, yeah, but I think people just didn't right. want to hear the story. And I think a lot of the issues, unless you're a historian and you study, right. you really can't see how deeply rooted a lot of the issues are. Like, people mm-hmm. just see, I believe that, you know, that there's three parts of time, like you, there's the the past, the now, then the future. And I mm-hmm. think that all things are happening simultaneously. Like you're affected by what happened in the past. And a lot of times people right. aren't in tune with the past. They're not in tune with their ancestors or the issues that happened before. So yeah. the now and the future, they can't, well, look at now, but it's right. like those, the possibility of what happened in the past is a possibility of what will happen in the yes. future. And so for us, it's like one of those things where you can't, if you have the ability to, um, to talk to people and have the ability to be able to have a great impact on your community, why not? And I think this is the only time in history where people can have impact that they do. There's, mm-hmm. You can have 100 people in one room and they can be able to contact a billion people if they had the right amount of Twitter, Twitter followers or right. Instagram and people are, are wanting to be led. And I think that's what the issue was. It was like young people were waking up. on social progress in Justin Bieber's hands. You know, <laughs> He is the most Twitter He does, but I, and then he doesn't. Like it's hard for it's hard for unless you, unless you grew up in the minority's eyes, it's really hard for you to see like what we see when you when you wake up. Like you know, a number of person mm-hmm. looks at the flag and they see like they see tradition, they see honor, they see all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And when you are your minority, you see heart, you see loss, you see blood, sure. you see slavery, you see you there's, see all the things. A lot that, of things it's right. a lot of things that you were like you see you see this freedom that you see that people are fighting for. It's like you know people talk about the military, but there's so many African Americans and minorities, Native people who fought mm-hmm. in the military, sure. thinking that when they fought for democracy, when they came back, they would have that they would have equal, they would have rights, they would have mm-hmm. jobs, they would not would be discriminated against, but only to find out that that wasn't true, and that yeah. was the hardest thing for people to understand. That I mean, yeah, the flag does represent that, but also the people represent what they want to what they want the flag to mean, you know. And I think that's hard uh-huh. for people to get. Yeah, I think so too. And to me, it's the complication and all of the things in it that make this country yeah. the way it is that we can grow in spite of all those things. Yeah. You know, um, Kim Burns and um, he has the Vietnam special out yeah. right now on PBS. Oh, I watched Have that. You watched? It's yeah, fascinating, isn't it? Because right. it's super fascinating because. A lot of times in life, you see from one perspective, mm-hmm. and to see what the Vietnamese people went through yes. to why they why right. they wanted the war, why they wanted their freedom, yeah. and the complications of the whole thing is like it's bigger than you can see. It's the deeply, story starts a hundred years earlier. It's deeply rooted, you yes, know what I'm saying? So yes. it's like everything has to be with do you study? And a lot of times yeah. people don't study. You know, even like young African American kids, I feel like because they don't know their history, they don't mm-hmm. know their worth. Mm-hmm. They think that their start where they started was slavery, but they right. don't know there were kings and queens and philosophers, doctors. You know, they created so many things in the world, sure. and they don't know that because 
that's not taught to them. And because they don't know that, then they don't feel like they have any self-worth. And yeah. and when they see like there's when they see their counterparts of people who look like them, you know, being uh, murdered or they the don't have these just horrible images. Mm-hmm. They can't like fathom that they were more than that before. And even post King Queen philosophers, the contributions in American society. I teach black Correct. history at my daughter's school, which schools. is even as profound too. It's, it's like uh, the ones walking light. among us. Ice cream cones. <laughs> Yeah. It's just like you look at ice cream scoops. You just look at like I teach at my mm-hmm. daughter's school and I see all this stuff on the table uh-huh. and I bring stuff and they just looking like, wait, this is all the things that were created. <laughs> it blows right. people's mind. Like, yeah, George, the book on George Washington Carver alone. Yeah, I was like, man, that motherfucker. He could. What did he do with the peanut alone? Was pretty amazing. <laughs> he, was a, he was extraordinary <laughs> with peanuts. He, I don't know what obsession he had with peanuts, but whatever it was, it just worked. It worked, right? Uh-huh. I just thank him for it. You know, how were you drawn into activism initially? Was it, did it predate the Kaepernick thing? I think it's, Was it something? Yeah, it's, it's predated. I think mm-hmm. it'd be, my mom, my, my mom went to historically black college. So I spent Which a lot on Grambling State University. Okay. A lot of my other family went to all Southern and yeah. all those colleges. And Grambling for, always had a proud, Oh yeah. So for me, I spent, I spent a lot of time in those colleges and right. summer camps. And so I spent a lot of time in the communities and, and one of my punishments growing up was reading the encyclopedia. So I had a lot of time uh-huh. studying. That's great. I love that as a punishment. <laughs> so I had a lot of That's time fantastic. studying. And still to this day, I study a lot just simply because I like reading, yeah. I like history, I like facts. Right. And and so and that's how it really started for me. My mom and did my mom was a teacher in the community for twenty years and my dad was a part of the school board. So mm-hmm. I had a lot of time working with the community as a kid and I right. just seen the impact that you can have as a person if you are willing to give to your community. And I think that's one of the hardest things to do as a person is to find a way to be selfless. I think mm-hmm. you're born in a selfish way and the the journey of our life is to find a way to give more. And I think that's the hardest thing for us to do. Yeah. Well, what do you what do you see as somebody who has an awareness of that, you know, you're very close to it on a lot of different levels. What do you see as a concrete step in the right direction? And do you, do you think something like this protest that's going on can help that? Or like, what do you think? I think it's 50, 50. I think, uh-huh. it, I think there's people who are bigots, bigots and they will find uh-huh. ways to find ways to divide the country. Then there's uh-huh. people who will, who will start to awake. And I think that's what's kind of going on. You see more, um, white people or just people in general mm-hmm. coming along for the journey and just like figuring out how they can be impactful and help change mm-hmm. society. Because at the end of the day, we're all human beings. We right. eat and shit and piss the same exact way. There's really nothing. Well, I do it differently. But yeah, I mean, I, I, mean I, sometimes I like right. the, I like the people right. to toss it up, toss it down. <laughs> Occasionally I like to sit down. I just down, mix it up. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my wife sits down. how this feels. You know, it's like, I do that every once in a while. But ultimately we are, we are all just human beings. And right. our, our, the color of our skin is, it's, it seems like people hate to say that we're not animals, but we're almost like animals when it comes mm-hmm. to that because we can't get past the way somebody looks before we can even talk to them. It's like right. we prejudge somebody. We yeah. assume that they're this type of way. And then you talk to people. I love people. I like it doesn't matter what culture they're from. Mm-hmm. I love to just understand people and be able to be around people. And I think not a lot of people are willing to break out of their comfort zone. I think we've been so many. We're in our silos so much that we don't know. We're just safe in our areas. We don't want yeah. to be uncomfortable. And I think that's one of the hardest things to do for people. How do you think that breaks down? Do you think, uh, like, I always feel like, who makes those moves? Is it, it seems so difficult. It doesn't seem like politicians can do it. Certainly not the people leading the country. Mm. I mean, 
do you think we need like our athletes and our like people in the public eye to help make those first moves, like introduction to the yeah, date. I think, I think, yeah, I think I think we need those people. We need people like you. We need every type of mm-hmm. person. When you see Lisa, all these guys, everybody just talking, women, yeah. men, they're just talking about issues. It mm-hmm. is people that for that wouldn't talk about it or they love somebody but they don't know their their politics or what they believe in. And finally they say something, it's like, well, I never knew that. And then all of a sudden they want to do they want to research on it about yeah. it. So I think it's important that it's the people. It's always the people. Yeah. It's never the gu- It's the people. It's how people treat each other. It's how people yeah. respect each other. It's the people. And people always think it's, it's it, it has a, something to do with the system, but the system can be broken when the people want it to be broken. Yeah, I always think allies are very important. Allies well. are very important. You know, and I'd love to see, like, when white players join black pay- players, you know, and when, you know, people and the fans and that t- type of thing. I thought it was great that your players and coaches, completely support you where it seems so different than the Kaepernick situation where, yeah. where it seemed kind of radioactive over there. Yeah, I think I think yeah. I've been blessed to be able to be around a coach who asks why. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's not a lot of people who are asking Did you why. talk to him? Oh yeah, I talked to Coach Carroll. I talked to Coach uh-huh. Carroll about our relationship was a lot different from player to coach. It's more mm-hmm. like friend and friend to friend. Like we talk about okay. real issues and we kinda like he respects my opinion. I respect his opinion to be uh-huh. able to talk about it. He knows my background is different from his background. His background is different from mine. Right. And so to be able to have a guy who wants to understand, who wants to find a way to impact communities, and he's always been like that. Yeah. And to be able to have that is the reason why you can have leadership the way that we do. If you look at the Seahawks, we've always been like the forefront of every single thing. Seahawks. <laughs> we've always been in the forefront of a lot of different things because the people who were involved with whereas, mm-hmm. you know, it's the opposite. You know, the media staff on another team, they might be like, you know, hey, no, my our media staff would be like, look, we, you can't say it. we want you to, we want to work with you so you can mm-hmm. deliver your message the best way. That's amazing. That's, uh, it's, it's, it's sometimes football seems like the most conservative, maybe baseball, it, it arguably most, baseball, yeah. but football really seems like. I mean, sometimes like the beginning of a football game, it almost seems like scenes from North Korea with planes flying yeah. over, you know, marching. It's, it's very. Like, it's like very, why are we displaying all this military might before a game? I don't understand. Is there going to be a is a war breaking out right after this thing? You know, I think football gives people a chance to be aggressive without being aggressive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, they, right. they they live through us. You know, we we the vessels. We they we hitting the yes. way that they want to do. People this. vicariously see, can live through you. Yeah, no, and it's like that's, that's why when you hear that pop, like that first. People aren't like, oh, they're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah because they also mm-hmm. don't see us as human beings either. Yeah. And for that. Oh, well, really? You think that people don't, don't see us as human beings? Does the helmet aid with that? Like- I think the helmet, I think fantasy football aids that. I think a lot of things. Really? Because if you mm. put people in, you say fantasy, mm-hmm. and then automatically you think it's a dream or you think it's a made-up world. But because right. it's fantasy, people don't see the value and people, when they come to injuries, the first thing they say is, man, my, my points are going to go down. My, I, I'm not going to be able to get 20 <laughs> points. God right. just broke his neck and he has kids in the school, his wife, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's the reality of the world, but people don't really yeah. look at it like that. They see it as fantasy. But every single hit hurts. Every single injury, every right. single person that loses somebody, that it bothers, bothers you too. Yeah. How do you deal with now? I mean, you have to combat so many things. Well, first of all, do you think... Like I, I can't. I don't know if I want to keep seeing this happen because I think the meaning of it may be lost at this point. Like when people are kneeling, like sometimes it seems like they're protesting Trump, you know. Yeah. And a lot of the meaning is being lost, yeah. you know. And where, where do you think it is right now? You know? I think I think the meaning is is what people wanted to mean. I think mm-hmm. when, like I said, it's one of those things. Like 
when a person who doesn't believe in what we believe in, they look at us, they see something opposite. But when a person mm-hmm. who believes in what we do, they see hope. So it's two different philosophies, you know. People mm-hmm. like people that don't like, oh God, these guys are fucking jerks and the fucker, they ungrateful. And yeah. people that see us, they like, thank you. Like you're giving us a voice. You're giving us you're teaching our kids about mm-hmm. this to to love themselves. And I think um, for me, it's always been about, it's not really about motivation, it's about inspiring the youth mm-hmm. and give them the opportunity to be able to see that that we still care and that we're still a part of the community, mm-hmm. you know. And then it's with people, too. People see people, people look at you and they see you as something that's, you know, that's incredible. But at the end of the day, you can easily die from cancer, which makes you Thanks human. for putting that out there, Michael. But what I'm saying is, what I'm <laughs> trying to say is that you, we're all just human beings. Yes. But people right. put, put, you know, they put this image on people and they put this worth on people yeah. that at the end of the day, that's what puts a barrier in between people. But at the end mm-hmm. of the day, I'm, I'm. There's a fragility. To yeah, it's this, like yeah. it's like it doesn't matter what I do. Tom Petty, he's one of the greatest musicians Damn. to live, yeah, but he shocking. just died. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like he's human, and yeah. it's like people don't realize that at the end of the day, we're just all human beings, and people just want a better role for their kids in the future. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing about it. I think I agree personally. with that. I think at the end of the day, that's what most people are searching for. How do you deal with like? The real negative, harsh attacks. Like, how do you deal with that? I, Especially with like your family. How many kids do you have? Uh, three. You have three kids. And what are their ages? Uh, 11, 6, and 4. Yeah, so the 11 and maybe the, the 11-year-old can certainly hear this stuff and yeah. know what's going on. Like, how, how tough is it when... No, I talk to my daughter, but literally I, I look at my daughter and I, I read to her and make sure she understands mm-hmm. that... You know, like I read Dr. King and I just be like, look, criticism is a part of anything that you challenge an institution. You challenge right. you challenging what people were seen as the status quo. What what has been normal is normal to see people live like this. This is normal. Mm-hmm. Now you don't want that to be normal anymore. Yeah. People that like it like that are gonna be questioning you and, and right. cha- change yeah. it. So for me it's <laughs> about my daughter, how can I be tell her to go do anything in this world if mm-hmm. I'm not willing to take chances and willing to lose things for her to have a better place? And I want to yeah. make sure she's going to be a leader in the future world because I make sure my daughter is involved in the community. Mm-hmm. Make sure she goes. She goes to Japan. She gets to see how people live. She gets to be a part of Haiti and see what the difference between native reservations. To see that everybody is living different, but at the core of everything, everybody wants the same thing. So right. it's important that she knows that. Yeah, there's people who they or say bad things, but look at the work. Look at what we're doing. Uh-huh. See the people that you're touching. You see the people, the lives that we're changing. I think people don't see that work. They kind of just stay in that glass mold and they just want to be like, oh well, he's not doing that. They're not doing that. But at the end of the day, it's just uh-huh. about working with people and trying to figure and everything. You could literally say. You can literally show people and tell people, but they always gonna believe what they want to believe. You know, know. you know. You can literally. It's, it's just people are like that. They're it's just, amazing to me. Like I, I know on Facebook you had to deal with that false. There was like a false uh, picture, like you were burning the flag yeah, supposedly yeah. in the locker room. I mean, the fact that somebody would make something like that, and then. People would believe it because they want to believe it. They want to believe what they want to believe. People still believe in Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's not go too far. <laughs> well, I'm saying, but I'm saying, people believe in what they want to believe. People believe in myths. We still celebrate Easter on a bunny. We still right. do a lot of things that. Do. Well, the whole Easter thing, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand I don't any know, of the holidays, honestly. Like, did did Jesus resurrect and then there was like a bunny in the tomb, and then it's a pagan they holiday. They took the bunny and then there was. <laughs> And then there were eggs with them to I don't I, understand Easter at all. I'll be I'll be feeling like we'd be doing some kind of some kind of right. uh, coat thing. I'd be like, oh, is it weird? Right. Look at that. Does the egg have another meaning or something? <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah. I, I just kind of like I'm not. I've never been like a big holiday type of person anyway because uh-huh. I just believe like 
why should a holiday define if I want to spend time with my family, if I value my wife? Valentine doesn't uh-huh. say that if I buy her something on Valentine's Day, that validates my love for her. The love okay, that I give now, to Michael, her Michael, let me day. stop you right there. I do not want you to be in trouble. <laughs> but my wife knows no, that. Hold, slow your roll, Michael. <laughs> I don't, if you're saying that, and she may have told you that, but she does not believe that. She believes that. Trust she believes me, Michael, that. if you learn anything from this conversation, <laughs> do not believe anything she says. I mean, that's hard. I mean, Michael, I know exactly what you're saying. If she says anything negative about Valentine's Day, don't believe a word of it. It just, is not true. It's that's not true. true. I, I don't know. Not I, true. I, I just, you know, I just go with what she says. And if she says no, it. No, don't go. Michael, she could be talking to, No, don't go by what she says. Go do the opposite. Okay, anything maybe that I should. Maybe I should do more in Valentine's yes, Day. Yes, that's exactly right. Yes, you have to do more. Okay, Valentine's I should Day. buy her a helicopter then. Yes, you know. I always wanted a helicopter because <laughs> Kobe had know. one. Well, I don't know if you want to emulate Kobe when it comes to Valentine's Day. Uh, yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Not if at that all. Be your, your especially um, in the bathroom. No, 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 no. You don't want to do that, um, Kobe. You know I love you, man. Oh yeah, we, come on, Mamba. You know, you know what's also been tough is I mentioned the president earlier. It's tough when the I don't understand why the president, first of all, intervened in this. But I mean, he called you guys sons of bitches or something like that. I mean, it's hard to deconstruct anything he says. The tangerine Idi Amin, you know. Yeah. But um, what effect did that have on the players? You know, I think when the effect- president intervened, like what did, did you guys talk about that? I mean, did it? Did you was did it become a let me ask you this way? Did it become a serious moment or was it like what was it just that? I think kind it was of a moment? serious moment for a lot of people. I okay. think I think a lot of people wanted to be able to make a stand. They wanted to fight against him. Uh-huh. But when I was thinking, I was like, that's not the thing that we want to fight against. Well, see, we want the, to fight against the system. Exactly. And I think it got lost. And I think right. I don't know if he planted that and made it like that. He kind of like like he's diabolical underneath. He, all he that. might. He's so I don't know. He just he's right. really good at what he does. You know what I mean? Yeah, he made it his fight. Which, yeah. To me, it almost ruined it all. I it wish almost, he wouldn't yeah. have said anything. It's almost know? like, let's just do handstands right now. <laughs> right. Because to me, I don't know why everybody's not locking arms if it's a protest against Trump. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, but for me, it's like you really can't, you you can't really get so caught up in trying to argue right. with somebody with, with the voice of that many. Because you can start arguing with him. There's people who will follow him so much, you, they'll come find you. You know what I mean? Because, oh, God, you're going against him. He's the he's the next resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know what I'm right. saying? So it's like, there's no use to arguing. It's more about trying to be able to sit down with him and be like, okay, what you, Trump, let me, okay, this is why you believe that? Look, let me tell you. Let me tell you why mm-hmm. guys are doing that. I think it's about having those conversations, but mm-hmm. you got to be having somebody who's willing to listen. And there's not a lot of people right. who are willing to listen. I listen to people all the time. I've talked to vets. I've talked to just people because mm-hmm. it's not about violence because because violence just doesn't do anything. Because mm-hmm. when violence happens, it's nothing but death. And then when violence happens, it's just people keep fighting. And when right. what you really want to do is change people spiritually, and that's the hardest thing to do. Because because when you change people spiritually, it, it's it's in them every single day. And I think yeah. that's what I want to talk to Trump about. Now, um, if he invited you to have a conversation, would you sit and talk? Yeah, I sit with him. I definitely sit down and talk to him. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, it's, I think it's important that we don't lose sight of what mm-hmm. what the whole thing is by what how we hate. You know what I'm saying? Because hate mm-hmm. can drive us to be block our vision. I think it's important to keep our vision because at the end of the day, we got to make sure that we make sure we leave the country in a better place than when we started. And I think that's always mm-hmm. a it's always a chance to get better. Just if like you, was, if you could ask him to do like one simple thing that you know could show leadership on this that everybody could get behind. What do you do? You, what do you think that would be? I think it's just spend some time with the people. 
Mm-hmm. I think it's important. Like going to the communities? I think it's important. Like you can't be a great leader if you're not willing to serve the people. You know what I'm saying? So Obama did. He went to all the white neighborhoods. You got to go to all of them. You just got to hear your people. These Mm -hmm. are people that you're representing. And you might not want to talk to them, but listen to them. And just people, even if like it's like having your wife could be talking to you, he'd be like, I don't want to listen to her. But she started talking to you like, I'm going to stop the the day. I'm just saying at the end of the day, (laughs) and when she talks to you, she she vented. You know what I'm saying? Whether you agree with her or you disagree with her, she vented and she feels better. And I think a lot of people just want to vent about, look at our schools, look at Mm -hmm. at the look at this. These things are going on. Like, they want to know that they're being heard. They want to be known that they're being heard. Yeah. And then there's also action on certain things, too. Yeah. Think, everything from Flint, Michigan. Yeah. I mean, the debacle that happened in Puerto Rico, yeah. where, where people need desperate action. Um, let me ask you a couple of things about um, football. Um, I played football growing up. My dad played college I football. I can't tell. You can't tell? <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm joking. Look, sorry, I'm just joking. He looks like a, For all you guys that haven't seen him, he's, he's, yeah, he's built well. Okay. I got some height. Yeah, you got some height? Yeah. I, just, I, I'm I, just, I played a lot of different sports. Yeah. yeah. Um, Basketball. I mean, I, I still got my Jade. Don't yeah. got the hops anymore, but still got the Jade. Oh, yeah. You know, you know Jade. I mean, hops they fade away. Jade shouldn't leave you. Hops and, fades. Yeah, even Michael Jordan can't dunk now. He cannot. Yeah. yeah. And once upon a time, he could do all kinds of stuff. He could do anything, right? Yeah. Um, do you think? What do you think? I, I'm concerned about football because I love football, right? Yeah. But football is in a precarious place right it now. It is. Um, it's seen like, and I hope it doesn't go where boxing is. Like boxing to me took a turn. I don't know if it was the 90s, once Tyson started biting people's yeah. ears and stuff. You know, but even before that, like Howard Cosell started talking about the violence in boxing. It felt like kind of out of control. But now, I mean, who knows? The MMA is like off the charts in terms yeah. of... People just, like brutality. It's people just do sound, like brutality. Yeah. like brutality. They're like, yeah, don't kill him, but beat him until he can, you know, but yeah. just don't kill him, though. Just beat him beat him until he's ble- bloody, but... That's right. way too much. His yeah. eyes, both his eyes are closed. Just leave one of them closed. You know, <laughs> people like brutality. I don't know yeah. what it is. I think it's just the human side of us that wants to be uh-huh. the animal side of us. It's like not the human. It's the animalistic side of us right. that wants to like. Do you, Do you see football as a brutal, violent sport, or do you just <laughs> see it as a sport that has? Mm. I don't know. Violence is the right word, but football is very violent, mm. and I think. It's not so much the NFL that I worry about the violence. It's mm-hmm. the younger people that I worry about the violence because mm-hmm. the NFL is kind of getting to a controlled environment. But in around the whole country, I mean, think about this. The reality of football, there's probably like 2,000 NFL players, right? Mm-hmm. And in the whole country, there's probably like 20 million people playing football with people, coaches that don't understand football, that don't know how to tackle, that right. don't do anything. And it's, that's what the scary part is because there's not enough people out there, you know, controlling what's going on. And I mm-hmm. think that's what the violence Kids are taking violent hits. You know, the sport for kids are becoming more people are profitable they're paying for betting on games and stuff mm-hmm. for kids so I think that's where the issues lie in the long run I think the NFL is is who leads and shows how to protect people and what it is to be mm-hmm. a professional because there's always a professional who show the non-professionals how to be professionals and I right. think it's important that we kind of show like okay you know it's not it's not okay to run a kid 50 times in one game you know what I mean <laughs> have some self-control you know yeah. And it's, it was so funny because football was way more violent when I was coming up. Yeah, it but was. It seemed like fewer people complained about it. Yeah. And now it seems like the rules protect well, I think, players a little bit more, at least protect quarterbacks. I think more. those people, they didn't, they did complain about it because. That's true. Nobody be, listened. Probably. Nobody listened, but yeah. they're the ones who. That's why I love seeing old players. I never walk past an old player and yeah. don't recognize who he is or don't stop and talk to him because yeah. I'm super grateful for what they done to be able to have put us mm-hmm. in this spot because, you know, a lot of those guys, they don't have insurance. It's like they were just left out to dry, you know, so. Yeah. And somehow OJ got a pension. How did that happen? <laughs> OJ, <Yeah>. OJ's <laughs> been a lucky man. He's done so many crimes. Maybe OJ is white. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. 
he must have he has some white friends somewhere you know he's like I'm like OJ I don't, I don't even think this is a race thing at this point there was some there was some deal he's with the, the devil he's there the, was a deal with the devil at some point murder yeah. gun charges yeah. drugs he's just like damn yeah. OJ I think even his soul years ago said sorry OJ I, I can't even take this anymore Jesus you know? Christ OJ just had like he's just had he's had a good run you know what I mean people can be jealous of OJ Jealous of him, you think? Because people are like, how does this guy keep getting over, getting over on society? Like, he's literally got over on society on like, several like, times. Like hard criminals. They're like, man, how did OJ keep doing that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's just OJ's, you know, he's done it. Do you think, uh, do you think there are, um, that football is going to go away from the youth market? Do you, do you think it's going to get less popular because of this? Or do you think the rules are going to get no, I, better and people are going to... Move on, maybe. I don't know. I think it's like cigarettes. People know, uh-huh. people know what can happen to you when you smoke. But for some reason, they they open the window and put it out the window, <laughs> so they don't want to know. People know they're smoking or whatever. Right. But it's like you know what's gonna happen. And I, and I think people love uh-huh. football so much. I think that it's kind of going to stay the same, and it's going to be like, well, this that's just one of his injury doesn't account for the, the thousand right. other people who didn't happen to. But I think right. you probably have a, to move. Football from being cigarettes to more like weed, yeah. probably. No, but weed is. I don't smoke weed. I wouldn't right. say it on camera, but or TV or whatever. But people smoke weed. I think. I think that's another issue in the NFL. I think people don't really, you know, there's a lot of people who take pills and all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff. I think if if marijuana turns out to be a better um, thing for people, where this injury, uh, pain sleeping, medication, pain or, relief, and stuff mm-hmm. and like this, more natural and it's less cost on people's kidneys and stuff. I think there should be a push to have somewhere. It doesn't have to be the form of smoking weed. It could be CBD oils or something that'll help people right. where they don't get hooked on chemicals. I think the chemicals that people use over so many times is hurting their kidney, liver, and stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of people deal with those things, so I think it's in, it's important that pe- they try to find better ways to find, do that. Are illegal drugs still a problem in football? Do you think? I, I mean, don't know. not with, without ratting anybody or anything. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think what do you mean like steroids or something? Yeah, or whatever. I, I know, mean, I'm pretty sure changing, somebody's on steroids. But it keeps changing what that is, yeah. too, you know, because every time there's a rule against something, people find a way to defeat yeah, it. There's always like, some sick person out there like, oh my gosh, steroids? <laughs> HGH just next. Right. You know what I mean? Like what well, you know, like Barry Bonds was in there, just like you know, heads just growing, you know. So it's like Oh, Barry Bonds was ridiculous. Yeah. He didn't even look like the same guy. No, he was. He looked like a Kardashian. You yeah. know, like, like you look at a Kardashian. Like, I was literally watching. I hate to say this. I, I was watching the 10-year anniversary. The channel, uh-huh. the remote slipped on it. Oh, I was passing by. I understand how that I was works. passing by. I didn't, yes. wasn't going to stop. And then I saw. That's how I get on what not to wear all the time. It's like, yeah. I wasn't really trying mm-hmm. to be on there. But then I was looking at the pictures before. I'm like, these people don't even look like the people before. And so I feel like that's kind of yeah. how. Yeah, so. I think that was their evil plan. Just an evil you know, plan. Oh, Ryan Seacrest evil Yeah, plan. the Kardashians are like, they went into this, maybe the, there's like this human cocoon where they yeah. came out as different creatures. Yeah, who are you? Who are you? <laughs> I'm Kim. Like, oh, that's not the Kim I knew five years ago. <laughs> are you, uh, okay, so. And then Kanye's gaining weight. Like, like, yeah, what's gosh, up with that? I know, it's, I know Rob gaining weight. It's like, you know, it must be a thing. You know? Is this, are they feeding them something? Like, they're taking all these black men. It's like a version of Get Out, I think, with the Kardashians. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're watching yeah. it, like, every single week. We're like, who's going, who's next? Who's next? Who's it, who's it next? Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Ah, Cam Newton. I said it. You said it was Cam. I said it was, I said it was going to be Russell. Yeah, but, yeah. So, you're watching it just. Where do you, uh, did you have an opinion on, um, on the whole Cam Newton uh, interview the other day, where well, I, I, I get where people are coming from because of oh, you know, and let me give some context. So Cam Newton was uh, he was answering questions. I think it was after the Patriots game, yeah. and I think he had a little bit of a chip in his shoulder because and pa- and and Cam likes to keep that chip. I yeah, think yeah, yeah, like that chocolate chip is what yeah. I call it. You know, yeah. um, 
Because he loves it when people underestimate him because I think he plays his best when he's being dissed. Yeah, yeah. That's what it seems like to me. Yeah, you know? that's probably true. But, um, but so female reporter asked him a question, and he kind of laughed and was like, <laughs> I'm just, that, that's funny, you know, talking to female, talking about routes. Yeah. You know, and he kind of said it in a way where it was like, hmm, why are you, why are you pointing that out? <laughs> okay. And he got in a little trouble for it. Yeah, he got in a lot of trouble. In a lot of trouble for it and had to apologize, lost some sponsors. Is that still an issue with players from your point of view? I feel like I feel like I feel like he he didn't mean any harm, but it goes uh-huh. back to history. Mm-hmm. He doesn't understand what women have been through in America, what women are right. fighting for still today, equality. And I think because he he did he that judgment of not knowing the history of it, it kind of was like, well, wait, did you know this? And did you know mm-hmm. this? And it's kind of like women's march just happened recently. You know right. I mean? You know what I'm saying? So because he wasn't he wasn't on his history about the issues, I think it, it came out like mm-hmm. he was insensitive. And I think he wasn't trying to be insensitive, but sometimes your words can be insensitive without you even knowing them. Mm-hmm. I think it was a very man of him for to go back. But I think being a father of a, of three girls, and yeah. I work a lot with women and women issues, and I think, I think it's important that men always support women and, right. and these issues because they need us to be able to help propel what they want and what they want to see is equality and I think him doing that was just like wait it was just another issue to him not knowing what the magnitude of the, with the words that were coming out of his mouth yeah and the first thing he mentioned was his daughter yeah and that he wanted to be a better example but mm-hmm. I agree I think if he could turn that around and become a powerful ally I think it's the best thing Cam can and do it, and I, I, just, I think that's the only thing for him to do I think it's, it's the only thing for him to do I think it's the only thing for all men to do really is to yeah, I, I represent women because we love yeah. to sleep we like to sleep with women like for them to cook <laughs> but we just don't want them to Valentine's be equal Day. I'm just saying we just don't right. want them to be equal it just sounds right. just sounds like that's yeah. not. It's just like okay, well, but so where you have daughters and you like working with women all the time, you like yeah. you see it, you see it, and like unless you're what it's like I said, you got to if once you are awake and you see different issues, you see Can't how go every, backwards. issues yeah. work together, and I believe in intersectionality, and that's and that's like a connection between all things of, of oppressed and of being people being oppressed, and I think mm-hmm. unless you have that kind of background where you can understand the history of different things, I just think. It's hard for him to really understand what he was doing. Education, always the key. A <laughs> couple of quick uh, Seahawks questions. Are you guys mad that Beast Mode came back and now he's on the radio? I'm mad that Beast Mode came See, back. See, that's what I thought. Thank you. You, He should be on the Seahawks, right? I think he should be on the Seahawks. I just, I right. told him, I, t- I spent a lot of time with Marshawn this offseason, just hanging. That's yeah. okay. I'm just mad at him. I was like, why? But, you know, I get it. You know, every person has a, a dream to be mm-hmm. on the team, like, you know, dream to be on the Houston Texans. That would be, that'd be crazy for me to be able to go to the stadium and have family come You through. would like that? That would be great. It would be great mm-hmm. for my last for Raw, but I don't think the Seahawks would ever let me go. You know, they pretty much made that <laughs> I like Deshaun Watson, though. Yeah, yeah. But I think, mm-hmm. um, I think for him to go home and be able to play in his city was super yeah. important. And he's like a really he does stuff in his community like he's he there. Yeah, he, he loves that city. It. He loves the people. Does, yeah. Every type of person. He's like he's like he's the man there, and he loves his city in a way that mm-hmm. most people don't love their city. Most people love the city for the food or the attractions or or the you know he loves the city for the people. You know what I'm right. saying? And that's a different type of mentality, mm-hmm. which is which is really rare. And I think he he embodies everything about Oakland. I think he's just a really good person. Yeah, Oak Town, man. Um, who's let me ask you this: one. Who's the best quarterback you played against, and who do you think's the best QB of all time? Okay, best quarterback. I think between Tom Brady and um, Aaron Rodgers. Are two Tom Brady good. is really good. right? Tom Brady is really good, and He's I so do cerebral. hate the Patriots and I hate the Celtics. Everybody hates I, the Patriots. Right. Everybody. <laughs> Something about Boston that people just don't like. <laughs> Nothing against. I love Boston. The city is fine. I mean, I've met so many nice people in Boston, but I, I hate the Patriots and the Celtics. I, yeah. I can't help it. And then I never understand why teams are called like, you know, I just don't get it. 
So Tom Brady's at the top of the list? Mm-hmm. Tom Brady. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Those yeah, are the top. Yeah, two top. Top you played against or you think the best? The best right now. The top best. Who's the I best think, of all time? The best of all time. I don't believe in the best of all time. I believe there's a group of people who are like that significantly right. uh, impacted the game in certain different ways. So you got like Ken Stabler. You got like Troy Aikman. Stabler, um, you yeah. got, uh, I can't keep going on and on. But, um, right. Do you have a favorite? Roger Starback. Who's your favorite of all I time? think I like Ken Stabler. I think, you know, yeah. you got. Why do you like Stabler? Why do I like Stabler? I mm-hmm. think he just was, he just played the way people want to live. Like he, he kept it 100. He kept it 100. He kept 100 back in the day. You know, yeah. Joe Namath was cool. Yeah. You know, it's just a lot of good, a lot of good quarterbacks in there were really good. Randall Cunningham. And then you yeah. got people who, like, is they like like sports is like so been so cool in society because sometimes sports is ahead of the world you know as far mm-hmm. as integration as far as like that so mm-hmm. there's been a lot of great players who have to help integrate and, and, and right well. and all of those um, all right last one and thank you so much Michael oh, no for problem. taking time out Michael has a big game tomorrow um, slamming my ex. Who are the Rams? Yeah, she's your, your ex. And I'm she's using married your to somebody. Now. She's married to your yeah. friend, too, man. I know, exactly. They have a kid, man. <laughs> I don't know I'm what gonna say. The kid kind of looks like you. Uh, where were you two years ago? Yeah, I mean, like, this analogies have gotten completely out of control. All right. I know you don't like to compare, but here's, here's what I want to know best defense, okay? I'm going to give you three choices 74 Steelers, 85 Bears. 14, 2014 Seahawks. Go. You forgot. You forgot people though. Uh, there's a lot more, but I'm just using three. Okay, give, give me. Let me have two more. Minnesota Vikings. Like you can't. Like, well, come on, Minnesota Vikings. I mean, you can choose a lot of different years from Minnesota I'm Vikings. I'm just thinking Allen Page Which and year? all these guys. Oh, come on, man. I'm just saying the those purple guys, people eaters. That's what I'm saying. The Rams. Carl Eller. Deacon Jones. And Pearson Forrest. So, 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 yeah. so many great defenses. So, um, I don't think there's. I think everybody. But those, some of those, but let me just say this. Minnesota and Rams, those teams, their front line was ferocious. But in terms of total defense and and like defensive records, like th- that Steeler defense. Yeah, yeah. I think I, mean, I think I think everybody is like I don't like to compare people because everybody transcends their time. Like their their time, they were the best. And like right. we are in our time, and sure. we're the best. And the Ravens. So you're trying are the best. to say you guys are the best because it's this time. We're the best in our time. Like we right. never, you know, we do things statistically that haven't been done. And mm-hmm. sometimes I go to work and I just don't realize their greatness that I'm playing with. Like mm-hmm. there's a possibility that like like guys that like five guys on my defense could possibly be in the Hall of Fame or or right. you know what I mean? It's like it's like you know no that's, that's it's like the, it's yeah. like you don't really realize it and it's like thing like these guys are like great like we're like being great historically and it's like those other guys have been really great at their time and I think there's going to be another team that's going to be better than us so I think yeah. it's like the times is they all go together like people get mad like who's the best basketball player in the world of all time I'm just like there's so many great ones Will Champion, Pistol Pete you know Michael like Magic. Kareem Magic it's like right. LeBron like you I think people get caught up in that who's the best and just just right. recognize the people for what they did it was great how many more championships you guys got in you I think we got two more in us two I think more? I think uh, yeah. the loss of Marshawn was a big toe to figure yeah, out how to so. get somebody like that. But now we're trying to figure it out. But so I think I think we got I think we got time. You know, I'm a big fan. Thank you so much for being here. It would be look. Let me tell you something. To have somebody like you really stressing education, learn your history. I mean, I love how you're out in the community. And guys, listen to listen to this man. Be an ally for women out there as well. You I know, I think it's important. Man. All these, there's so many front lines, you know. And with the whole Kaepernick thing, 
I think if everybody just remembers the reason why he initially did this, you yeah, know? I think, and I think too, people don't realize like you can't be an advocate for you can't be an advocate for Black Lives Matter without mm-hmm. being an advocate for women's freedom. That you can't correct. be an ally for women's freedom if you don't and for Native people. Like it's mm-hmm. like it's all connected. Like you can't be like, well, I was so far left for this, and I've learned that from Angela Davis, and it's just like yeah. you can't do that. You got to be able to. Each issue is connected together, and people who will be like, "Well, I love America, but okay, well, you love America, but you don't love the issues with the minority people." And it's like those right. things are the things work together, and I think people have to realize that, and to be able to have a better world, and don't create barriers in between each issue because all the issues are just a circular motion. Well said. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. Man.